sex, 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 and sex. People are usually quite hesitant to talk about this publicly and very often privately as well. <clears throat> and it is a bit of a complex subject, I suppose. Many people use sex for other reasons than intimacy. It's a way to feel loved. It's a way to get what you want. It's a way to prove your worth. It is expected of you. It is the only way you know how to communicate. It is an addiction. Wow. <laughs> First off, sex is energy. And it is the base, I want to say, of the fountain of energy in the body. I don't want to use the word lower, though many paths call sexuality, eating, drinking, getting high, the lower body cravings. And that is true. But saying it that way means that most people who are trying to present as spiritual will force themselves to not have lower body cravings. For example, priests who then become pedophiles, etc. Lower body cravings, the last word is important, it is a craving. So originally, celibacy among deeply committed religious practitioners, and prior to that, spiritual practitioners, meaning they weren't connected to a religion, where it became a rule and an order. Celibacy is a natural occurrence that happens when your energy level rises to a certain plane. You just no longer desire sex. You just don't. But to force that on people, like you must practice celibacy in order to be considered spiritual or religious, is a nightmare. It is cult-type behavior. In other words, you have to follow these rules, and if you follow these rules, we will grant you the title of religious, spiritual, higher energy being, etc. Celibacy simply came about naturally through a spiritual practice, which is, to me, how everything should come about, naturally arising through a spiritual practice. Part of a spiritual practice, however, is confronting this life and all your wounds and your shame and your anger and all the other stuff in it, just like people who want to be spiritual never get angry. Anger isn't good for you. Bullshit. If you're angry, you're angry. Deal with it. Start with where you're at, as Pema Chodron says. Handle it. After a while, you just don't get angry much because you have shifted, not because you have decided to not be an angry person because you've read that anger isn't good. It's not Buddha nature. It's not new age and all the crazy pop self-proclaimed psychologists out there who have decided that anger isn't good for you. The earth gets angry. 
earthquakes, tornadoes, tsunamis, hurricanes. <laughs> it's part of nature. So we want to have stuff arise naturally. So yes, sex is a lower body desire. And if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. Because remember, every place we're at, every trigger we have is a pathway to healing and evolution. Everybody says to me, what should I be doing? You should be doing exactly what you are doing. The only thing you need to change is instead of feeling like a victim or feeling like you've made a mistake or feeling like uh, you should be doing better, we need to shift into learning exactly what you're doing now is what you should, in quotes, be doing in order to learn. As this spirit has fallen down on the job and you're doing the wrong thing and spirit's doing nothing about it. No, if you're drinking, that's your entry point into learning and evolution. If you're lying to your spiritual teacher and saying how much you love nature and health food and you're drinking and shopping and partying, <laughs> that's your entry point into learning, lying. So yes, sexuality is a lower body desire. If that's where you're at, that's where you're at. And by the way, the path is not straight up. You might go straight up and then you meet somebody and you fall back down, as you would see it, into sexuality. Like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? There's nothing wrong. It's just the next lesson. It's just your ego saying, well, I don't want my next lesson to be a lower body desire because I am above that. Well, good for you. Good for you and your ego trip. <laughs> Taking that position is going to prolong the learning and make it much more painful. So hopefully you can get off your ego and take care of it nicely. Don't beat yourself up. Oh, I'm on an ego trip. No, you are on an ego trip. And that means you're afraid and you hate yourself and you're feeling wounded. So bring in the self-care. Bring in the four pillars of reparenting. If you don't know what that is, go to the holistic psychologist. Look it up. So sexuality... Energetically, we have a negative pole and a positive pole. Magnets have that. Electricity has that. Energy cannot move without two opposite poles. Sexual energy is the bottom or, let's say, one pole of kundalini, of chi, and of spiritual energy. If that's blocked or you're using it in a way uh, as a compensation for some kind of wound, it does interfere with your ability to receive, feel, work with, understand spiritual energy. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's like having a slow drain or a water faucet with not the best water pressure. And it doesn't mean it's permanent. The first thing regarding sex to look at is how do you use sex? And you're thinking, well, I don't even know how to ask that question. Well, I would look at what turns you on. Does it turn you on 
to feel dominated? Does it turn you on that it's a stranger? Do you have a fantasy of someone or something else when you're having sex and does that get you off? Do you leave your body? Do you leave it in a good way, like, woo, cosmic orgasm? Or do you leave it like, I'm going away until this is over, like you're getting raped? Do you need a lot of toys? Do you need a lot of physical stimulation? These are the things you want to do first, is just notice you and sex. And that includes sex with yourself. What do you fantasize about? And don't be ashamed about it. Just, whoa, look at that. Working on sex, that is one part. That is the earth plane part, noticing the psychology of it. We can also work on sex energetically through meditation. And we concentrate our energy on the genitals, on the anus, on the perineum, I believe it's called, though I always get that word wrong, which is the little piece of skin between the genitals and the anus. Very sensitive, full of nerves, nerve endings. So when you meditate, you focus there and see what happens. You might get dead. You might not be able to find it energetically. You might actually have to put your hand there at first to find it energetically, that whole region. You might get aroused. You might get numb. You might get confused. You might cry. You might get hungry. Overeating has a lot to do with the shutting down of energy. And if you're eating to shut down energy, I guarantee you, you shut down sexually, even though you think you're hot in bed. You may be doing the gyrations of a $2,000 a night call girl or gigolo. That doesn't mean you're feeling anything. If you're working on it energetically, you just start there with a focus in that area. Sometimes sitting and putting a hand there, or putting a pillow there, or a heating pad, or you could try even crystals in order to activate that region, in order to see what comes up, what you're telling spirit is, help me. That area of my body, which is an energy center, just like the other energy centers we have in the body, that energy center is not accessible to me very much. And you find out what happens with that. Sexuality is definitely tied into parent energy. And until you heal childhood wounds... This is what my take is, and there may be others who say differently, but until you heal that, you will be going out with and attracted to one parent or the other, because first love as a child are parents. So if your parents caused you physical pain and sexual abuse, 
you may find yourself in the BDSM scenario. And I do know some therapists who work with clients who go to BDSM, bondage, domination, sadomasochism, in order to reenact the childhood trauma, in order to reset the nerve endings. In other words, reenact the torture, but this time it's safe. And at the end, you're loved and hugged and kissed. And this starts to unwind the knot, the tangled knot of abuse. And after a while, BDSM is not, your lifestyle is not the answer. Plenty of well-trained dominatrix and masters, so to speak, have moved people from sexual dysfunction into sexual function and moved couples from stuck into togetherness. If you had a mother or father who was not present, you will typically be terrified of intimacy. So your sexuality will come up and be aroused and feel safe when you're with a partner who's not present. Well, then what do you do? You're going to have to work on intimacy first if you want to change that. And there's a good chance that the partner you currently have, unless they get on a healing path as well, there's a good chance the relationship will not last that as you develop a sense of intimacy, you will find having a non-intimate partner, someone who's not really present, very, very unattractive. You may stay together for other reasons, but it will be challenging. Every time we change and grow, our circumstances either change and grow with us or fall off and we move on. If you're with a parent who's a drunk, I guarantee you will be attracted to drunks. You won't even know they're a drunk. You'll find them across the room. You will lock eyes. Your yoni or your lingam will light up. And it is meant to be because those vibes match your original love, the one you have not yet investigated, your mother or your father. Now, let me add to this that everybody's life path has been chosen before they got here. So some of you are meant to have relationships. It's in your chart. And some of you are meant to not have relationships. It's in your chart. So that takes the onus off of, I must be doing something wrong, otherwise I'd have a relationship. Or I must be doing something wrong because I always have a relationship. Look at your life chart, and instead you see what's there for you. And now the question is how you handle it. In other words, if you are meant to be, quote, alone, that doesn't mean you can't have lovers. It just means you're not going to get married and have 2.5 children. It also might mean that you are non-binary. If you have a chart that shows relationships, you may still be non-binary and you may not get married, but you will definitely be in a community. You will be in a family-type situation if it's in your chart. 
So while we're doing the work on ourselves, it's very important to not get tied up into, there must be something wrong with me. Instead, I want to work at, I want to feel happy with my choices, with who I am, my integrity, my moral choices, etc. I want to be proud of who I am while I'm learning and growing in this life. In other words, don't use spirituality, don't use podcasts to beat yourself up. That's insanity. That's crazy shit. Good girl, Pia. Come on. You decided to come back as a human anyway, instead of a Pia (laughs) or a bobcat. Good girl. Come on. So working on intimacy with the self, that comes down to being able to feel you. So, so many people who come to classes or I work with literally don't know how they feel. I'll ask them, when that happened, how did you feel? I don't know. How do you feel right now? I don't know. I'll ask them how they feel and they'll give me a thought. They'll give me some intellectual answer because they can't find their feelings. Feeling is the language of energy. It's not just emotions. It's being able to feel energy move through your body and stimulate you or send you off or bring you back, ground you or expand you. Like feeling the ocean. When you describe feeling the ocean, it's, there are emotions that go with it. But what you're really feeling is the ocean. So that is the world we live in. We are air dolphins that live above the water in an ocean of energy. So practicing intimacy is all that self-care, uh, self-healing. Work with a therapist, work with a group. You cannot do all of this work by yourself. Cannot. Sorry. It's got to be in the context of the human race. That's why how you came in. Wolves learn in the context of being in a wolf pack, etc. Even trees, we know, talk to each other. Boulders talk to each other. The earth is filled with vortexes and energy lines, ley lines. Everything is in relationship to something. For those of you who are a couple and you have a partner who wants to work on sexuality and intimacy, there is a great book called The Passionate Couple. It used to be called The Passionate Marriage by David Schnarch, S-C-H-N-A-R-C-H. It's a book you would read together. There's things to do in it and it is very unusual. It is not your normal sex therapy uh, theories. What it comes down to is the challenge of each partner being able to be completely honest with the other partner about what they really want sexually and then trying it. And he has tons of stories in there of actually people doing this and they're mostly older people when the marriage has kind of died out sexually. Now, the problem with this is if you can't be honest with yourself or you don't even know what turns you on sexually, you cannot do this work with a partner yet. That is too far down the road. 
How can you tell someone what you really want when you don't know what you really want? And uh, yeah, we have some really wild practices out there. There are uh, people who make a living with a grown-up nursery, giant cribs, giant diapers. They dress people up as babies, let them suckle their breasts, feed them bottles, etc. Now, most of those are not run by trained therapists who are working through something. It's just an industry. Can it be used for healing? You bet. Can it be used just for fetish? Yes. It can go both ways, just like BDSM. So you might have some wild fantasies of, you know, being a baby, uh, seeing yourself, you know, acting out some abuse situation. You might be able to do this with a partner if they're in therapy. You might have to go see a sex therapist. You might have to work it out with a friend. Or you may just have to work it out with yourself, but taking out what you learn and what you actually did, taking that out of the practice and bringing it to someone, a therapist or someone. In other words, you might be too embarrassed to act out your true sexual fantasies, like I'm a little baby wrapped in a blanket, and instead of sucking on a pacifier, I'm sucking on a penis. And that might have actually happened to you. So you might have to reenact that and then you're going to take that to a therapist. Sounds wild, doesn't it? But nobody said healing or spirituality was easy. <laughs> it also isn't easy to live with wounds, yet you did it. You're doing it. You've gotten used to it. So until you discover what turns you on, what your fantasies are, where the energy travels when you have sexual feelings or sexual thoughts when you're aroused, you would not be able to do the work of David Schnarch. Going back to meditation and concentrating on that base chakra area and seeing if you can get a rise out of that... And noticing what happens when that happens. Do you get angry? Do you shut down? Do you get scared? Do you cry? Do you have a vision? Do you smell something? Do you start sweating? Etc. If you're with a partner who is interested in this journey with you, there are plenty of exercises that you can do in order to start simply feeling each other's energy. And that ultimately is what sexuality is. That even before you do anything, one's energy calls to another one's energy and there's a response. People think that's just romance or that instant I fell in love or that look across the room. But it can be something that happens all the time. You can be cooking in the kitchen and your partner can be out uh, pulling weeds and you just suddenly get this overwhelming sensation of, mmm, and they come in. 
So starting to get yourself used to that and not being afraid of it. Because if you haven't worked on your wounds, you're going to be afraid of intimacy. Because your early intimacy, that of a child and its parents, was destroyed, was fractured somehow. So intimacy, instead of it being a turn-on, is a terror. Come on, Pia. Intimacy instead of being a place to relax, is a place to get guarded or a place to perform or something you do in order to get through whatever's about to happen or at least you think it's about to happen. So what are those practices? Google them. Google tantric practices. Start there. If you have a spiritual teacher, you can work on these things with a spiritual teacher. If they are truly an energy practitioner, not a new age person who tells you a lot of stories. Brings us to the question of tantric work. What is tantric work? Tantric work is where a person is brought to orgasm because once we orgasm, a true orgasm, which a lot of people can't have yet. All the energy centers in your body open up wide open. This is why people often smoke a cigarette or do something right after in order to shut that down because it's too overwhelming, it's too vulnerable. Right after orgasm, one can get in there, a healer can get in there, and do energy work that is typically not accessible pre-orgasmic state. How do tantric workers bring people to orgasm? Obviously, the easiest way is sex, you would think. But since so many people are shut down sexually, no, it's not that easy. Plus, Nowadays, you would get arrested for rape or prostitution. It has happened. It was happening quite a bit in the 80s and early 90s. And now it's practically impossible, if not impossible, to find a tantric worker, a true tantric worker. However, let's say you have a physical ailment and sexually you're fine. A tantric worker can bring you to orgasm by looking at you, by touching a crease in your elbow, by rubbing your big toe, because it's energy talking to energy, and you no longer need to talk to the base chakra only. The person is brought to orgasm, and then deep healing can be done, and some of that deep healing is about karma, physical ailments, Uh, relationships with entities that seem to be hanging around for a long time, etc. But even with that, in this day and age, people have been accused of sexual abuse because they had an orgasm when someone touched their elbow. (laughs) So it's hard, if not impossible, to find tantric work. Extremely powerful, such a shame that it's not accessible. If you go to many temples in the East, <clears throat> people are rather shocked to see that on those temples they are surrounded by carvings of gods and goddesses going at it 
in all sorts of positions. And many of the Eastern traditions have sexual practices as part of their spiritual practice. And it's not because they're heathens. It's because we understand that opening up that energy field allows the human body to deepen its capacity to sense, feel, hold, embrace, and work with higher spiritual energies. That's why they're there. Not because the Eastern traditions are lusty. (laughs) Now, if you want to work on sex and sexuality, I'm sorry to say that you're going to have to go to the basement first. And you can use sexuality to bring up your childhood. You can use your childhood to bring up your sexuality. Now, if you were sexually healthy and you got raped or abused in some other fashion as a young adult or an adult, that can sometimes be a little bit easier to access and heal. And sometimes that's the issue. While you're working on your childhood, you can start to do meditations focusing on the base chakras. You can also start practicing some tantric work with your partner, meaning exchanging energy work. But if they're not working on energy, doing the practices, you're not going to feel anything because the practice might say, you know, put your hand on the shoulders and put your hand on the chest and you do it and nothing happens. Well, because neither one of you are calling up energy, you're just doing it mechanically like screwing as opposed to cosmic lovemaking. It's mechanical. So short answers for a complex topic. Yes, I do lots of sexual work, have always done that. I find it the most fascinating and powerful work. And probably been able to really work with two people ever on this and both were students of my teacher. So can I help you with this to some degree? Yes, but that also depends on how much you're working on yourself and also it will not be a one-shot deal. It never is. If you are already able to do tantric work. Yeah, you can do a session for healing something physical that's going on or something karmic that's going on because you already can be intimate. You already can feel sexual energy. You can embrace it. It doesn't scare you. You don't have issues on it, etc. You're not doing it for the wrong reasons to artificially bond, to get something, to become special, to get attention, to be people-pleasing. You're literally able to work with sexuality as an energy form. Not many people are in that place. Don't mean that as a criticism, just as a reality of the limitations of being able to do tantric work. 
So I hope this helps, and if nothing else, for those of you who have been scared to talk about sex and sexuality and orgasms and why do I need two hours to have an orgasm and why do I only get off on certain fantasies and you've been afraid to work on this, maybe this will help to loosen up those ropes for you a little bit. Hope to see you at Life Path Healings.